for our first message today, we have a sermonette from Mr. Ron Wilhoyt entitled, What's in Your Mouth? Mr. Wilhoyt. Good afternoon, everyone. I've just kind of been thinking back since Sabbath, how much time we've been spending together like we did last year. And how much I enjoy having the room kind of set up like this. It's got a little intimacy that's kind of all its own. I'll tell you what, you can endure many days into many weeks of 40 mile an hour wind from the south, and 40 mile an hour wind from the north, and then back again to get a beautiful day like today. What a lovely day for us to meet together day of unleavened bread. I've been asked to extend unleavened blessings from Dale Murphy to each and every one of you, and I know you send them right back to him. Before I get started, I wanted to thank you personally for myself and for my mother. She went from on her way to go to the dentist, and then in just within a few hours, she was in ICU recently. Had kind of a scary ordeal with her for about two days, but she was released. So as quickly as she was admitted into ICU, they released her, praise God, so she could go home. Still not sure what's causing the problem with her, but she is doing so much better just being monitored, so I want to thank you, and I would ask that you would please continue to pray for my dear mother, Ruby, who many of you know. Well, last night I left just a little bit early. I needed to get home to do a calculation, and I finally got around to it somewhere between midnight and that moon sighting. Do we have any moon watchers? It's pretty beautiful. But in between that time, I had to do this calculation that I do. And it's a rejoicing calculation. And and based on the data that I observed and collected, last night, the most rejoicing was going on right over here. (laughs) This specific table. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to look at anybody who was having a good time. But as you can see, I got here today, and I wanted to make sure that's where I sit. <laughs> we had a wonderful time. But the, but the results of the calculation was that if you had one one-hundredth of the amount of fun and enjoyment and rejoicing that was happening right over here, you too had a good time last night. So I want to thank everyone who has worked so hard to put these things on that we can enjoy them. But every time in this time of year when we think about the rejoicing, the call to rejoice, I have to contrast that with reading about Israel and the collective anguish that Israel had. Families, from grandfathers to infants in families in Egypt, the collective cry, the anguish of deliverance and how long that went on before one day, one day, God heard. And scripture tells us that he remembered the covenant with Abraham. 
And then praise God, he knew. He knew that it was time. So there was this collective cry going up to God. He heard it, he remembered, and he knew. But over here was Moses. What was he doing? As the collective cry was going up, he was tending sheep, taking care of Jethro's flocks. And then after the revelation of the memorial name of the Most High, it was time for Moses to embark upon something different than tending Jethro's flocks. There Moses was, there the Eternal was, still hearing the collective cry of deliverance, God realizing that the time had come, because see, a message had to be delivered unto Pharaoh. If you look at your Bibles or look on the screen at Exodus 4, we see what it is that in God hearing, God remembering, and God knowing of the message that had to be delivered to Pharaoh. He says, Israel is my son. Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And you are to say unto him, let my son go. Let my son go that he may serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay your son, even your firstborn. I don't know at what level that collective cry reached his ears to the moment came when he knew it had to begin now. To hear it, to remember what he said to Abraham, and to know that the time had come. But even though this is what he was to deliver to Pharaoh, it took some convincing on Moses' part. It took some convincing. But it also took some long-suffering on God's part. See, he has unsearchable tender mercies. But in that exchange with Moses, it kind of elevated to a certain point to where he realized you're just going to have to go and deliver the message that I'm telling you you're going to have to go and do because I am that I am is sending you. And he goes, me? Who am I? Moses said, who am I? Who am I? The exchange goes on and he says, they're not going to believe a word I'm saying. <clears throat> Who am I? And finally he just gets to the point, he says, why can't you just get somebody else? Just get somebody else. But then Aaron gets involved and realized that they were going to have to go and deliver this incredible verse of Israel is my son, my firstborn, let my son go that he may do what? He may serve me. Let my firstborn go so he can serve me. 
But you know, when you look at Scripture and you look at this incredible exchange between Moses and I am that I am ascending you, when you look at this exchange, you have to ask yourself, how many times, whether this is the first time you've ever cracked a Bible to whether you've been doing this all of your life, how many times does God have to keep saying something or say something repeatedly before one day we can go, you know what? I think God wants my attention here. And it happens even today. I want us to look at Exodus 13. Not on the screen. I want you to take your Bible. I want you to look at Exodus 13. Because I want to ask again, how many times does God say something before we go, you know, maybe I need to pay attention to this. As we look at Exodus 13, if you will just kind of survey your Bible, survey your pages from verse 16 up to verse 3, just a few, just a few verses. Brian, not ready for that one yet. but we will get there. As you look between Exodus 13, verse 16, and Exodus 13, verse 3, look at verse 16. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought us forth. Okay, that's one, right? Anybody want to keep track with me? Look at verse 14. By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out. Verse 9, for with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out. And now we look at verse 3. Now we look at verse 3. For by strength of hand the eternal brought you out. <clears throat> four times. 16, 14. Four times in 14 verses. By strength of hand, I brought you out. 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 But notice what he says there in verse 3. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. So I looked at that and I said, you know, that's four times. And it's very similar. Almost exact verbatim to the way he's expressing himself. But I love the very first incident of when he first begins this by how he says, for by strength of hand the eternal brought you out, there shall no leavened bread be eaten. And I've been asking myself for several hours now, what is the connection? Now see, we have to think about these things coming from God Almighty with an unsearchable understanding. We think about God, we think about the things that He says, we want to know His mind, to have His mind, to think like Him, but He has unsearchable understanding. So in His unsearchable understanding and us trying to understand this connection, four times I brought you out with my strong arm. You're not going to eat unleavened bread. 
his redeeming hand. The redeemed. No leavened bread being eaten. Now we know that after verse, these verses in chapter 13, the story continues in chapter 14 where God does a most amazing thing. As they're brought out, he says, hey, have them turn, okay? And have them encamp by the sea because that way Pharaoh is going to say, aha, they're entangled, they're trapped in the wilderness. And we know what happens. You walk out with a high hand. Everyone's rejoicing with a high hand, but how quickly the high hand can drop to your sides when you have left something and you turn around and it's right behind you. You call this deliverance? Bringing us here to the sea to kill us here? That's your idea of deliverance. But I tell you what, look at your Bibles. Look at Exodus 14, 13. It's something Lawrence has preached for years. I've gone to it numerous times. It is an amazing verse. There they are, but I want you to think about this connection, okay? Because I think one of the answers is right here. We know the incredible verse, Moses said unto the people, fear not. But look at the next two words. Stand still. Stand still. Something I have a hard time doing. Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of God Almighty. Stand still. Being still. Okay? Think about that. Being still. Being still is what something leavened cannot do. If you've ever watched leavening at work in what it is supposed to do, something that is leavened cannot be still. But yet four times, my strong hand is going to deliver you, and there's not going to be any, any leavened bread eaten. Because when I bring you to the sea, and what you left is right on your tail, wanting to destroy you, I'm going to need you to stand still. It's just incredible. Absolutely mind-blowing incredible to think about our God. Stand still and see. And you know it is with leaven. Reg was talking about leavening in a prayer before we came out. What it is about leaven is that we seek it out, don't we? We get rather zealous. I'm going to find that leaven. We seek it out to put it out. And that we abstain from it. But we all know that it's just temporary. It's just temporary. Knowing that in just a few more days we'll again bring it inside. Days of unleavened bread are going to be over, and what do we do? We go get some leavening. 
bring it in the house. Start putting it in the body. But you know what? There are some things that I just don't want to pick back up. I seek it out. I put it out. I abstain from it, knowing that it's temporary. But what I'm saying is there are some things that I want to put out, and I want them to stay out. As I might bring leavening back into the house, and I might bring it back into me, there's some things that I want to leave as far away from me as I can. Something or some things that I want to stay removed. And the reason is I want to stay, okay, I want to stay unleavened so I can see, stand still, and see the salvation the redemption, the salvation of our God. <clears throat> Last night I was sitting over here and Sherry Gaywith was sitting somewhere over there. We always communicate via text. I have my message title. Text that to Sherry. So last night during the meal I texted the title of this meal to Sherry. And I looked at that text being sent, and I said, you know, it's an interesting text to send someone having a meal. What's in your mouth? So I said, I better go make sure she doesn't think I'm just being silly. <laughs> Imagine that if I would have been. <clears throat> but she says, no, when I saw the word title, I knew that was your title. And that is the title, What is in Your Mouth? What is in your mouth? For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. But in Exodus 13, there's something else. Look at Exodus 13, verse 9. Something else. That verse, verse 9, one of the four occurrences in Exodus 13 says, For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought you out. But what do we have right before that? That the eternal's Torah may be in your mouth. See, this was just out of Egypt, just a little bit, right? We still had some more traveling to do before we get to Sinai, right? in your mouth. See, he remembered Abraham, didn't he? When he heard the collective cry, he said, okay, it's time. And we know this is exactly what Abraham adhered to in Genesis 26, verse 5. He hearkened, he heard, he obeyed the voice of God. Well, everyone, it's my prayer that each one of us continue to search, continue to search diligently the unsearchable understanding of God Almighty. It's dynamic, it takes work, but it's a wonderful, lovely work. 
to dig out those things that seem concealed from one year to the next and you go, what an amazing revelation. What an amazing revelation to see God being dynamic and moving in our individual lives and collectively to, to we can think back of Israel as that collective cry of anguish went up, we could collectively pray for one another, offer praise, ask for discernment, ask for wisdom. There isn't anybody in this room that wants to be deceived and confused and say, that's how I want it for me and my family. We want the mind of God, the mind of the Father, the unsearchable understanding of God Almighty to motivate and do everything in our lives. I want every thought. I want every word. So see, that's why I say that, yes, I'm going to go partake of a leavened treat, but there are just some certain things that I don't want to bring back in. I just want to leave it there so I can stay unleavened, so I can stand still, and so I can see the salvation and the redemption of our loving God. I'm going to close by reading Deuteronomy 30, verse 14 for you. Deuteronomy 30, in verse 14 says, But the word is very nigh, it's very close unto you. The word is very close unto you. In thy mouth and in your heart. This is what I want you to get from this. Thank you, Brian. The very last part. That you may do it. That you may do it. Well, let's each continue to do his word, to seek his face, because his hand is not shortened that it cannot save, and his ear is not heavy that it cannot hear, and he wants to hear from each one of us. I echo what Dale said, have a blessed feast, a blessed feast of days of unleavened bread.